Hey there guys and welcome to another episode of the This Life Podcast. Episode 8. Yo, we're still climbing there to episode 10. I think episode 10 is going to be a nice like break from the podcast. I'm going to take a nice break for like two weeks and then I'm going to come back with some guests. I've been speaking to some people who would like to be guests on the podcast um, and it's been amazing. So I've got a lot of people that would like to come on and I'm excited to have people on and do some cool talks and kind of break away from the solo conversational manner. But obviously, I'll still have a lot of solo podcast episodes where I discuss things and all of that. But super exciting times ahead. But right now, it's actually an interesting time. It's quite late. Well, it's late for me, but it's a late evening. Um, sun's gone down, had dinner already. I'm chilled out, so relaxed. I'm actually ready to go to bed, but I thought, you know what? I'm feeling super chilled out. Perfect time to record this podcast. I'm doing pretty good, pretty great on this lovely evening, finished up everything I needed to do for today. I'm like, you know what, it's time, it's time, it's perfect time to record a podcast. Beautiful, clear evening, bit of wind, don't like wind, wind always ruins audio, but it is what it is. Um, But I hope you're all doing well on whatever time you listen to this. I hope your week has gone great and your weekend is going even better. And as um, we always do, I'd like to take the beginning of this podcast to just give a present moment reminder So we'll start that out with a nice deep breath in. And then a slow breath out. And we are here. We are present. I'm speaking into this podcast microphone. Well, I mean microphone. It's actually my laptop. (laughs) And you're listening to this wherever you are, whether you're doing some work, whether you're exercising, driving, on a walk, just chilling out and listening to this, look around you and realize that you are present. You are in this moment. And I think it's so important to always give those reminders and even I think people should constantly give themselves present moment reminders all the time. You know, we often get so wrapped up in what's going on around us in the world and we get so wrapped up in work or whatever we're doing on our phones and social media and phoning people and WhatsApps and we just get sucked into life, you know, and we forget the present moment and we forget that we are alive, that we are conscious and there's... You know what I mean? We just get sucked into our minds. So I think it's so good to always give those moments to kind of ground you and try to do them as often as you can in the day. And I think meditating is the best way to do like a constant present moment, moment like reminder type thing. But it's always good um, to take a step back, take a breath. Even if it means going outside, looking out your window and just taking a nice deep breath. Close your eyes if you want to. Hold the breath if necessary and just listen to the sounds. I think that's also so powerful. And yeah, there's a concept actually in my meditations that we learn where um, the person who guides meditation says, when you want to constantly remind yourself to be back in present again or like distance yourself from something that was bothering you, simply begin again. And I find that that statement, simply begin again, is so powerful because it's take a step back, take a deep breath and simply begin again. And it's like you kind of do like a conscious reset. It's very interesting. And for those of you that wonder, for that um, have asked me, I use um, the Waking Up uh, Meditation course app. Um, for those of you who'd like to try it out, um, they give away a free month. So whoever is a member, like myself, I'm a member, I can give away a free month to anyone who wants. I have unlimited amounts. So if anyone would like to, you can just message me on Instagram or Twitter, um, which the handles are in the description of the podcast. You can just um, hit me up on that and I'll happily send you a link to try it out for a month. It's very cheap, and if you want to, um, you can also just say to them, look, I can't afford it, and they actually do give it out for free, so it's awesome. Not sponsored, just thought I might give that out there because I've been meditating every day for the year, and it's been incredible, and I highly recommend meditation for kind of grounding yourself in the present moment. 
So about my week this week, before I dive into today's topic, and it was a very interesting, very interesting week, actually. And the reason for that is it's actually been an up and down week. It's been up, it's been down, there's been highs, there's been lows. Um, there's been a lot of um, self-discovery. I've been discovering a lot of things this week about myself and I learned a lot of lessons as well about myself and had a lot of realizations just about myself and my life and what I'm doing and kind of waking up to a few things that is bothering me, making me upset and a few things that is exciting me and making me happy. And the reason I do a lot of this is I actually journal. So I'm on my seventh journal since like March. And for those of you that don't journal, I highly, highly, rec- I cannot stress the power of journaling enough. It's not like a diary. It's more like every morning I set aside like 30 minutes or 20 minutes, but I write for like 45 and I just write for like anything that's on my mind at the moment. So let's say the previous night I wasn't feeling too good. So I journal, why am I feeling like this? And I begin to divulge and dissect what my thoughts were, how I'm feeling, why I'm feeling like that. And at the end of the journaling session, I feel a lot better because I've gone down all my thoughts and all my feelings onto a page and I've kind of come up with a solution at the same time so I say like look this is why you're feeling like this this is how we can get better and then I consciously make effort throughout the day to get better or feel better and take action about it which I feel is awesome but again this week was filled with a lot of um realizations and discoveries and one of them was is that I work too hard and um live too little and that was such a hard thing for me to realize especially since like it's been a lot of what I do is work and making and creating it's been like awesome but I'm running out of inspiration and motivation and I think it's because I'm working so much and living too little. I mean, I'm getting very claustrophobic in my room that I've been in for this whole term at college. Our term actually ends next week, which is amazing. Um, But it's been quite intense, especially since like the term's been like, term has felt very intense and I'm feeling very, very burnt out at the moment. And it's mainly because I haven't been going out. I haven't been doing things. I haven't been going on as much walks as I wanted. I haven't been going on many drives and Today, I decided to take action against that and I actually went for a bike ride. It was amazing, but absolutely killed me. I am so unfit. It's not even a joke. I was, I got back and I was so tired. I lay on my bed and I didn't even do anything. Like I literally walked into my room, lay on my bed. My door was open. The bike was still leaning in the doorway. Like I just conked out on the bed. I was like, nah, I'm done. But it was so amazing to get out, get some exercise and live a little, you know, like I think the best thing was pumping down this hill and just like with the wind playing and I had music in my ears. It's amazing. And I was like, this is like living, you know, instead of just sitting at home in this space. So I've been feeling very trapped in this like environment that I've been in and feeling kind of like unfulfilled um, in the sense that I've been dedicating a lot of time to college work and it's not the most fulfilling work for me anymore. Uh, I've kind of discovered what makes me happy and like what I like doing. So I kind of can fully commit to that, but college work is being more of a nuisance these days, um, which is a bit upsetting, but it is what it is. And that's been quite draining. So I've been feeling quite unfulfilled in the days and it's led to a lot of discoveries and a lot of amazing realizations and what I need to take action on. But with me feeling like quite unfulfilled, trapped, I've obviously been feeling a bit upset, but I've always been taking actions against those. But one thing I have been noticing is I've been chasing quick highs. So like quick hits of like dopamine or something that kind of hits you and keeps you going, but it's not sustainable and it's not productive and it's not good. It's just like a quick little high. If if I was to give it like, it's like you just inject dopamine basically. Like it's a quick high that just keeps you going. So it's obviously not been good, but I've been noticing that I've been chasing those. But then with that, obviously because quick highs aren't sustainable and it's not like the best way to live your life because it it kind of proves to me that like I'm lacking purpose and direction because I'm just like, oh, quick high, quick high because I'm losing motivation. And then through that, I began to think about like my future, life, happiness in general. And 
a lot of like where I want to go, what I want to do and dreams and aspirations and all those incredible things. Um, so I began to think about a lot of that and that actually segues us perfectly, actually. One of, I think the second best segue I've done this episode, um, not this episode, this podcast, us into today's topic. And on the topic of life and happiness, that brings us to the topic, which is the pursuit of happiness. So it's be the topic, it'll be the title for this podcast. So you would have seen it already. You would have known already. You, this is some blippin' podcast-ception, podception right here. Um, but basically, I think of the pursuit of happiness is a completely pointless pursuit. It is. And I'll explain in a minute. But the pursuit of happiness is a pointless pursuit. It is a pursuit that can go on for the entirety of your life and you will never get there. It would be a journey filled with misery, with sadness, because you think that happiness is going to be this thing that will be acquired in the future when something happens. Either you get to that place or you do that thing or you become this person, then you'll have this happiness per se. Or when this dream gets achieved and when this thing is enough and when you finally feel enough, then you're happy. And you and we feel that that whole pursuit is a pursuit of happiness. Or maybe when this term ends at college, then I'll be happy. Or when I matriculate, then I'll be happy in these continuous pursuits of happiness. And these are completely pointless pursuits because they can go on forever and ever and ever and you will never get there. And in truth, you'll never be happy. Thus, I feel like such a powerful quote here is a quote that... I've kind of said before in many podcast episodes, but it can't be more relevant than now, for, especially for when we talk about the pursuit of happiness being an endless pursuit. Because in truth, happiness has been with you the whole time. Happiness is going to be right next to you during this whole pursuit while you're trying to get somewhere to some future that may never come or never arrive, as the future never does, because it's the future. You will never be happy. And thus, the quote goes, and I'm sure you've heard it before if you've listened to previous episodes, Happiness is where you are now, or it is nowhere at all. Until you give up on the idea that happiness is somewhere else, it will never be where you are. And that's exactly it for the pursuit of happiness. Happiness is right here. It's with you. It has been with you your whole life, and it is there. You just need, like, it's like you need to activate it, but happiness is with you all the time. Happiness will never be where you are unless you give up on the idea that it's somewhere else. And it's very interesting. When I talk about the pursuit of happiness, I can't help but um, think about the Kid Cudi um, song, <laughs> Pursuit of Happiness. I know it's really funny, but I always think about that song when I say the phrase, The Pursuit of Happiness. And it's a very interesting song. And if you listen to what's going on, he's actually talking about some very underlying things. I mean, when I listen to the song, especially when you watch the music video, you can see that he's being quite metaphorical in what he's saying. Or not like metaphorical, but there's a deeper meaning to what he's saying. And especially when you listen to the audio and he's like, I'm on the pursuit. And he says like really slowly. And then the music video, he's just like jawling out, partying, getting fucked up, like drinking. And within that, he talks about this pursuit of happiness is this like partying, is this alcohol, is this escapism. And a really powerful thing in the video is when, if you watch it, watch uh, the original music video, and there's a scene, well, most of the scenes are he's moving in normal speed and everyone else around him is moving in slow motion. And with that, it shows like a disconnect from the people around him, like he's not really connected with them. And it kind of highlights maybe loneliness that he's suffering with and the partying and the drinking and all of that is this happiness that he's continuously pursuing. But in truth, he's just escaping problems. Obviously, I'm not saying Kikari has these problems or any of that, but I'm saying that maybe that's what he's pointing at in the video. And it's just something to think about. 
But it's just like I had to do an analysis on it. And that was something I kind of noticed was this happiness that he's claiming pursuing is like, like, you know what I mean? Intoxication and um, escapism. And because it escapes the problems and the problems are what brings him down. But this intoxication and partying and that brings him back up and gives the happiness that he's pursuing. It's a endless pursuit, really, because it's not true happiness, because intoxication is not happiness. Um, it's not real. It's not true and pure happiness because if you need an external substance like alcohol or drugs or um, food or anything like that to bring you happiness it's not true happiness so there's actually a study done on this and there was a TED talk that I watched about the study as well and it basically speaks about how primal our brains are and within the study it kind of explains why we have eating disorders why we have smoking addictions why they are alcoholics why they are drug addicts and they explain all of this through the study. And the guy t starts the TED talk by saying that if you look at this delicious piece of cake, and then he shows a delicious piece of chocolate cake, your mind, our primal brain immediately goes, oh, calories, calories, eat, 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 get it, get it, get it. So we'll eat this slice of cake, and it'll be delicious, and it'll make us feel great. So our primal brain goes, make a mental note of this. This was amazing. Know where we can get it so we can get it again. And this made us feel good. And obviously all the calories in that. But obviously our brains get more advanced than that. And being the cheeky little brains that they are, and especially being primal, they say, wait a minute, this made us feel good. That means that when we feel down or sad, we can just have it again and we'll feel good. And since we remembered where to get it, we can just get it again and then feel good. And then they used that to explain a lot of like, the, the eating disorders and smoking disorders and alcoholism, because our primal brain says, oh, this thing made us feel good. So we can make it, we can use it to make us feel good when we're down. And this is where the whole idea of escapism comes into play. And it was really such a powerful um, little study. And I was like, no, this is insane. This is actually insane. It blew my mind when I first looked at it because I was like, that it makes so much sense. If you think about it, these external validations that bring these quick highs that bring us away from the real issue. Um, and there was a very interesting poem that's actually by a spoken word poet on YouTube. And within that poem, there's a few lines um, that go, it's a very metaphorical poem. And he basically speaks about like flying and planes and an airport. And one of the lines goes, the turnstile of life keeps kicking back, which you refuse to pick up. Or in other words, we all have to claim our baggage before we can move on. And this for me is such a powerful line because in essence, it's speaking about we must address our problems before we are able to move on. And it was, it's, it's, it's actually crazy when you really think about it, how he directly points at that, that like idea that we have to solve our problems instead of trying to escape them because the turnstile of life will keep turning this problem around and around and around and around and it'll keep being pushed your way until you deal with it. And that is what will allow you to eventually move on. And pursuing a tox intoxication and escapism for our happiness is, again, it's not real or pure happiness. Pure and true happiness comes from within you with no external validation to bring about that. You are happy with who you are, with what you're doing. And that's where the pursuit of happiness, again, is a pointless pursuit. Because if happiness is within you, you don't need to pursue it because you have it already if you know what I mean. So with that, I'd like to link over to something that I spoke about that has happened to me during my week, which is 
quick highs. So what are quick highs? So I think I explained it earlier in my week analogy when I said how my week was and I said like it's like basically a hit of dopamine or it's eating that chocolate cake that makes you feel good when you're feeling down or it's smoking that cigarette which gives you that dopamine hit or drinking and partying or anything that's kind of like a dopamine rush. That for me is a quick high. So it's an external substance that brings about a high, a dopamine rush, a dopamine hit. Um, so that's kind of what a quick highs are for me. And the thing is, I think Gary Vee in one of his talks summarizes it best when he says, um, when he says, when for you it's about buying a new home or getting a new pair of Yeezys or a fancy watch, you're finished. And basically for him, he's like, if that is your happiness or your like but makes you happy you're finished you're done they that's not real happiness those are quick highs and that is not sustainable those are not sustainable ways to go through your life when you're getting hit with these quick highs and like oh no then when i want to buy this car when i get this flat when i do this that's not happiness those are quick highs that are just quick hits of dopamine and then I wanted to say, is like, why do we pursue quick highs? And I think that goes back to what I was saying earlier about why we get intoxicated, why we escape problems, is because we are underlyingly unhappy with our life. We are unhappy with what we're doing. We are unfulfilled. We are not joyful. We, not, we don't love what we're doing. We're not inspired. And through that, we don't have a lot of happiness. So we need these hits of dopamine, and they come in these forms of quick highs, whether that's your drug addiction or going out drinking all the time, or whether that's, like you said, buying a new home, getting a new pair of Yeezys, a fancy watch, a fancy car, whatever it is. Like I said, you're fundamentally unhappy. And these things, these quick highs, these dopamine hits aren't sustainable and they won't make you truly happy. And that's, again, I've been doing that myself this week, pursuing quick highs because I've been not happy. I've been escaping. And it's really something I noted in my journal this morning. And I said, I'm pursuing these quick highs and I'm escaping and I need to change things. And true happiness comes from within you. It's a thing that sits within you and you are just happy. You don't need this to be happy. You don't need that. You can take away a few things and you'd still be happy. And this kind of relates to minimalism in a way. And minimalists talk about how, I know a lot of people get minimalism wrong and they're like, oh no, they just have the absolute essentials. They like sleep on a floor with a sheet and a pillow. They have like one bowl and they don't like, and they just eat out of that bowl and they don't need anything else. They don't, they wear one pair of clothes for their whole life. Minimalism is actually about only keeping things that add value to your life, that actually add value to your life. Instead of just buying pointless and irrelevant things and trinkets, you only keep things that are purposeful and have a lot of value. And I mean, sure, a lot of them have the same style of clothes that they just recycle. They sometimes have one mug, they only have one knife or one plate or a few things. But to be honest, do you really need more? You know, I mean, obviously they have like enough for their family or if they have guests over, but for them, it's about they don't need all these extra things. They don't need these external devices. And that's where I think a lot of minimalism has been quite interesting for me. I've been looking into it and it all starts with just getting rid of a lot of your crap. Like That's the biggest thing is you go through all the crap you have and you're like, nope, throw this all out. Doesn't that have it adds value? But that's a bit more on the extreme spectrum. But true happiness does not come from quick highs and in that sense pursuing happiness the pursuit of it is an endless pursuit is never-ending pursuit of sadness and it's really hectic because you keep saying oh no just when i get this i just need to get this then i'll be happy oh no, no i just need this and then I, and then you get the thing and you're not happy because naturally as humans we always want the next thing and the next thing and it's just how we operate so it's a pointless pursuit and that's where a lot of sadness comes from 
because happiness, like I said, it's right here with you the whole way. And to build on that, like a quick thing that I'd say to people is you have so much to be grateful for. If you are listening to this podcast on your phone, in your car, on your laptop, on your computer, if you are listening to this podcast at all, you should be extremely grateful for what you have instead of sulking about what you don't. Because when you change your perspective to gratitude, a lot of the world gets brighter and really amazing. And I think one thing that I've been doing every day is I daily make a make a list of the things I'm grateful for, basically. And it really keeps me in check because I actually have so much to be grateful for. And like, especially with my health, my family's health, my friends, like I, one thing that I always write about, which is something that I'm truly grateful for, is having all of my limbs. Like that is such, like you take all of your limbs, if you have them, for granted. And it's such, like, do you understand? It's it's incredible. So just, because there's so much in your life to be grateful and to be happy for. And one thing also is happiness is always better when you share it. When you are laughing around a table with family, when you're laughing with loved ones, when you're having a good time with friends and you're chilling out and you're vibing, like that's when happiness is meant to be shared. It's real and it's true when it's shared with loved ones and friends and family. I think that's the most amazing thing. And thus, happiness is like life. It's a dance. It's a constant thing. It's not a journey. It's not a destination. It's exactly as Alan Watts would do, talk about life and that life is a dance. And I'd say that so is happiness. It goes congruently into life. It's just a dance, a present moment with no objective, with no destination, with no journey, because a destination implies a journey. Just a dance, a complete enjoyment and fulfillment within the moment. And talking of the present moment, we actually need to move on to the future. <laughs> now nah, I'm joking. But one of the other things I wanted to discuss today was I've been thinking a lot about the future. Like I said this week, I've been thinking a lot about where I want to go in life, my dreams, my aspirations, my happiness, what I want to do. And I know I just gave a present moment reminder. Now here yeah, I'm talking about the future. But I feel like a lot of this is kind of relevant, especially when we discuss the pursuit of happiness and happiness in general and life and living and the biggest thing for me when I think about the future is my fear of nine to five. I'm completely almost paralyzed with the fear of being trapped in a nine to five job. Don't get me wrong. I know there's some of you that really want a nine to five job and that's your procedure. And that's amazing. And I wish you great like luck and happiness in doing that. But for me personally, I'm too free spirited. I don't want to be trapped in someone, some pyramid scheme company working nine to five, slaving away. I don't want that. I want to be free. I want to be freelancing. I want to be traveling. I have so many things that I want to do in life that a nine to five will never give me and never will satisfy this need or this happiness that I want to achieve in my life. And obviously, I just spoke about pursuing happiness. I'm like, oh no, but not getting a nine to five will make me happy. But it won't give me, it won't make me happy. It'll just give me better purpose when I don't have it. The thing is, the nine to five, it's secure, but it's suffocating. You are trapped. And that's why they often speak about it as the slavery of nine to five. And again, I think Gary Vee hits the nail on the head when he speaks about how you are living in this five bedroom house that you don't need, paying off that, then working the job you don't hate to pay off the car you don't need to drive to send your kids to the school just to prove to your neighbor that your kids are going to a prestigious school that you can't even pay for. And that is not living. That is slavery. That is being stuck in something that you could you could easily avoid, that you didn't even need to go into. And 
that's for me is like nine to five is a complete slavery. You are just being robotic in your actions almost. And that for me is like, I don't want that personally. I, I want to kind of have an, my own freelance company and do a lot of stuff like that. And I mean, sure, I will have specified work times that I'd like to work. But when I talk about nine to five, I mean a lot of like the jobs where you get up, sit in traffic, put on your suit, sit behind a desk, leave home at five. You're so drained and burnt out from the day. You just binge watch Netflix, get your dopamine rush, go to bed, wake up, repeat type vibe. And you... The only thing that brings you a lot of enjoyment and fulfillment in the week is only the weekends because your weekly job is rubbish and you hate the nine to five and you just want that weekly dopamine hit of going out or going for that fancy lunch or doing whatever it is that you would do on a weekend. Nine to five actually linked straight over to quick highs because like I was saying, quick highs are what you pursue. It's like quick dopamine hits when you're unhappy, when you're sad, when you're fulfilled. And a nine to five, for me at least, and for a lot of people, creates a lot of unfulfillment and unhappiness. And I think there was a study conducted on a percentage of Americans that hate their job. And I think it was either something like 62 or 42% hate their jobs. Now I know there's a 20% difference, but still, if that's like a few million people, if we say a million people did the test, that's either 420,000 or 620,000 people that hate their jobs. That's a lot of people that are unhappy and unfulfilled. And that is why we, that's why 9 to 5 links very well to quick highs because you're unhappy and you're unfulfilled. So you're searching these quick dopamine hits to keep going in this slavery. And a lot of people refer to 9 to 5 as the rat race because it's this, like, it's this fictional race just to get where, get somewhere. And this rat race ties perfectly into the pursuit of happiness because we are constantly racing towards trying to get towards this idea of happiness that somehow will arrive in the future but never does and then leaving you on this constant trail of just unhappiness and sadness because you hate the job, you're unfulfilled and you're doing something that doesn't bring happiness. You're only getting it through the quick highs and this is where the rat race comes in and it's just an endless pursuit of happiness because it will never end. And the biggest thing is there's an animated film that I saw the other day on YouTube called The Rat Race and it's like an animated video it is phenomenal. It is a very striking and impactful video, and I highly recommend you watch it. And basically, the video pokes fun at how everything's dull and gray. And basically, within it, they show all these rats. They literally show physical rats going to their jobs, all unhappy. And basically, all the rats are doing to get them through their days is getting these quick highs. And it shows advertisements and billboards and everything. But instead of advertising like products, like the new Apple Mac or the new car, it says, get your happiness dosage, get your happiness products, drink to your happiness, eat this happiness meal. And basically... The ad pokes fun at how all of these things, these products and advertisements are just giving you quick highs of happiness to keep you going in the rat race, basically. And it tells a story of a rat who just doesn't know what to do and ends up going for all these quick highs and getting so intoxicated and drug-induced and crazy, crazy stuff. It really pokes a fun at a lot of social norms, and I think it's really, really powerful. And in the end of it, the 9 to 5 creates this well, not really the 9 to 5, but more like the rat race, which ties to the 9 to 5, creates this void in us, which we fill with quick highs, but that is not sustainable. I think the biggest thing is like, this void is a void. It's a void. It's, it's, it can never be filled. So we try to fill it with these quick highs and it's not sustainable. And thus, I'd like to say that the 9 to 5 corporate jobs, unless you want that, unless that brings you happiness in that, which is amazing, 
but the rat race is thus not sustainable. And the biggest thing for me that I find quite interesting is a lot of people will argue that nine to five, no, 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 it's it's job security, it's secure you, you've got a strong job, you can make money. But this year, if this year has proven anything, it's proven that that is false because even those job securities are subject to change because change is inevitable. And this year really, really showed that. How many people in those nine to five stable jobs are now fired and unemployed? It is a really staggering amount. And I'm like, they're not secure. They're no more secure than going the other route of starting your own business or doing that dream that you've always wanted to do. It's no more secure than that, actually, because change is inevitable and it will take those things as well. And these nine to five jobs are thus not better than what you wanted to do just because they are more secure. I mean, fuck secure. Take that risky route. Go doing what you want to do because, because what you want to do is no less secure than those nine to five jobs because I think... If this year has proven anything, it's that not even those jobs are safe from change. And with that, it's very interesting. I'd like to link over to the next thing I'd like to talk about today, which is just life. It's very interesting. I know life can be debated to the end of time, and this is by no means a formal end discussion of life or the end-all discussion of life, because I think my mates can argue this is that we sit under the stars and we can discuss life the whole night and we never arrive at a final conclusion. But I just like to start it off by saying that life is worth living. And I think a lot of people are like, oh no, we live every day. But do you really live? Do you get to a point where you're stoked, where you heart pumping, where you're vibing, where you're enjoying yourself? And think is life is this impossible chance that you have been given. You have a four hundred trillion to one chance of being a human being. You could have been a tree. Think about that. Imagine just being a tree. You just sit and look at the same view. What if you're a tree in someone's garden and you just look at their house? How lame. But anyway, and you've already won. You've won this game of life. You were given life. You've won already. How incredible is that? You had micro chance of being a human and living this fantastic life. And you have it. You've won. Be grateful for that. Be grateful that you're alive. Be grateful for your health, for your family, your friends your room that you're staying in, the phone that you're listening to this on, the gym membership that you have if you're working out, the car that you're driving, the computer you're using, be grateful for everything. Be grateful that you have skills, you have talent, that you can learn things, that you can do things, that you are the full one in control of your life and all aspects that lie within it and that you are free to do what you want to do. Be grateful for all those incredible things. And I think it's a bit of a cliche now, especially is like, count your blessings, but it's true. Count your blessings. Don't count the things you don't have or that you wish you had because there will always, no matter what, there will always be things that you don't have and you will spend the rest of your life counting them. Rather count the things that you have and be grateful for those. And with that, I think that we as humans have completely overcomplicated life. We have. We have completely overcomplicated this concept and this idea of life and living because all life is, is just living, is just being. That's all it is. And we overcomplicate it to be this whole intricacy of things when it's, we're just alive. Like that's at, at the end of the day. I think my meditation speaks about this very well, the course that I'm doing. And he, we meditate on the idea of consciousness, which I'm sure I've said before, but it basically teaches you to just, take a step back and treat your 
your mind is a mirror that just reflects everything that's happening around you. And within the meditation, we spend time just focusing on the sounds. You just hear the sounds that's going on around you. You focus on the breath, your visual field, what you can see, the body, the sensations that are happening within the body and the weight of your body pressing down. And you just focus on those senses and you're like, this is consciousness. And this is all life is in all of its moments is just consciousness. It's just all the senses being used, being alive, even thoughts form part of consciousness but we can pull ourselves away from being distracted by thoughts by just focusing on the sounds the breath the feelings in the body our visual field what we're looking at around us and grounding ourselves with those few senses is all life is really it's just that it's just it's like it's really simple but a lot of people don't grasp the concept and when you ground yourself with those ideals Life becomes very, very, very beautiful because you see that there's these simple, beautiful moments that are happening every day all around you and we always let them slip by. And that's all life is, is these simple, little, beautiful moments. In that, from noticing all the things around you and just reflecting the things that's happening around you, you begin to feel that we are not separate from everything that's around us. And we often feel like that we feel like we're separate from everything that's around us and this thing that's happening to uh, this tree that's blowing in the wind it's uh, completely separate from us when it's happening at the same time that we're standing here having this conversation or that i would be sitting outside on a bench looking at the sunset and a tree's blowing in the wind i feel like i'm completely a separate thing but i'm the same we are a, we are a part we are we are like a part of everything that's happening around us that's all life is we are part of all of these things we are not separate from them and there was a really interesting talk that I listened to by Alan Watts again. He speaks about the Big Bang and he says, we are a part of the Big Bang. We are not separate from the Big Bang and everything that it made. We are the Big Bang. We are it. We are the Big Bang at the end of the universe. For, let's say, for example, the Big Bang happened and it's continuously expanding and we are on the end of this expansion. We are part of the Big Bang continuously expanding, expanding, expanding. We are the Big Bang. And that for me was mind-blowing because we are it we are the big bang we are the earth we are all the planets around us we're all on the exact same spectrum of life of being it's i can get really deep on this topic but i don't think i want to go too far into it. it's a bit late so i don't think i'll get my words right my phrases correct but with that we are part of everything that is around us and we view ourselves as separate we're like no we distance ourselves from everything that's around us we are our own being and that really really complicates things when you separate yourself from everything and everyone around you it really complicates life doesn't it but if you just realize that we are a part of all of this it really simplifies things and stops making things so complicated then again if i go back to the meditation as we speak about the idea of the center of consciousness where's the center of consciousness and it's such a hard thing and even i from meditating almost the whole year still haven't found the center of consciousness. I don't know where it is. I feel like it's in my mind, but it's not because consciousness isn't actually there. I feel like consciousness is all around us because that's collect like that's consciousness. But I feel like consciousness stems from the mind. So I feel like it is the center. But we often feel like consciousness is behind our eyes, between our ears and below our hair. We feel like that's where our consciousness is. But consciousness can't be there because it is everywhere. But it's really weird. I can't explain it, but... What I'm trying to get at with that is that we are all inclusive of everything around us. And that's how simple it is. 
It's not complicated as we make it. We are not separate. We are a part of everything around us. And we are just alive. It is that simple. Now, with all that said, I'd like to say, just live your life for fuck's sake. Just go out and live your life. Stop overcomplicating things because things are not that complicated. They are a lot simpler than you think. Stop worrying about it because that's just complicating things. If you think about life down to its core being, it's really simple and it's really beautiful. And especially now with my week is I've been feeling so trapped and I've been feeling so unfulfilled and me realizing that I don't have to work. I can go out and play. I can go out and do all the cool things that I want to do. Thus, I say unto you is travel, love, play, surf, skydive, go quad biking, go hiking, do those incredible things and just don't complicate things because life, it, it really is so simple. Do all the things that you want to do, that you've wanted to do, that you could have done, that you are going to do. Do them because it's not as complicated as you think. It is, in fact, very, very simple and very, very beautiful. And thus, do the things that make you happy. Bring about that change that you've always wanted to bring about because it's, like I said, it's not complicated. Life is a very simple thing. It's very, very simple. You are just alive. You are just conscious. And that's it. That's really it. <laughs> so why not just bring about the change and do the things that you want to do because the reason that you have for not doing it now will be dwarfed by the enjoyment you will feel from getting it done. So I just want to say is stop these quick highs. They are distracting you from what you really, really want to do. Stop these quick highs. They are just distractions. There was a video I also watched. I like, I get all of my life lessons and analogies from videos and talks and books. But there was a video I watched called Break the Habit. And within that, it speaks about how to find out what you truly want to do. Stop and listen. Because it is when we stop to listen that we really start living. When you feel these quick highs start like creeping up, this need to get this dopamine hit, stop. And sit down and think what you actually want instead of thinking this quick dopamine hit that will just keep you going. The video also speaks about something beautiful and it says, when you fall apart, you make real art. And I know that like it's so hectic. I don't fully agree with the statement, but it's interesting because it kind of plays on the fact that artists must be sad to create amazing things. But it also says about how, how you let go, how you stop trying to demand control of everything and complicating things. When you let go and you simplify things, it, you begin to see the real beauty, that you begin to really start living, and then you create real art. That's what I say is, don't go for the quick high. Stop, listen, live, and ask yourself, what do you really want? And don't put a restriction on yourself. What do you want? Not this quick little dopamine hit. What do you want? What will fulfill you? And what do you desire, regardless of the money, regardless of what will happen? What do you desire? And then go for it. Please live your life because it is a lot simpler than you think. Because when life is over, it's over. It's done. 
that's it. There's no going back. There's no command Z or control Z. <laughs> There's no revert to last checkpoint. There's no reload the previous save. That's you're done. And I know I spoke about it in previous podcast episodes, but regret. You don't want to sit with regret when you know that you could have done it because when you get older, you get wiser and you realize a lot of things and then you begin to regret and then you begin to regret the things that you didn't do. So just do it because it's a lot simpler. I've said simple a lot this episode, but you know the one I mean. Last I'd like to say to all of my young people out there is go hard and grind in your 20s and make what you want to make happen. Go for it. It's not complicated. It's much easier and simpler than you think. And so is this life. And go for it. The reason you should grind in your 20s is because it is risk free. You are so young. And if something goes wrong, you can always go the safe route later. You can always do what your mom and dad wanted you to do instead. But it is completely risk free. And you are not weighed down by the responsibilities of life when you are much, much older. You also have a lot more energy. You have, this is the time when you have so much energy to do what you want to do, to go for it, to commit to doing 18-hour days, 16-hour days, whatever you are comfortable with to do. You have the energy to do it now instead of being so much older and tired and worn out. You're so young. You have so much time. You, I've said it so many times, but you are so young. You have so much time to go out and do what you want to do. We have so many years to learn, to train, to hone your skills in which you want to become a master at. So why not just go for it? Because in the end, you can still go for that safe route after if it somehow doesn't work. But personally, I fully believe that whatever you commit to and if you're really passionate about it and want it badly, you can make it happen and you won't even need that safe route. But... I know I just said grinding your 20s, go hard, work, work, work. But well, this is life. And life is a lot more simpler than we think. And life is about living. So thus, don't forget to live and make some memories and smile and laugh and cry and fall in love and be heartbroken and thrive and celebrate and dance. Because life is meant to be lived. It's that simple. I feel like a lot of us don't understand that line that life is meant to be lived. I think... So many of us don't. And I know it's like, oh, life, living, it's the same thing. But it's not. It's like, really, really think about it. What is living to you? What does life mean to you? To me, I think life means joy. It means happiness, beautiful little moments. It means loved ones, memories, gratitude, dreams, and purpose. But like for me, I think the biggest thing for me in life is beautiful moments. Walking on the beach, on the seaside, going for a bike ride through the forest and just looking at the, like the light as it streams through the leaves and the trees above you. That's life. These beautiful little moments that you recognize that you are alive. That for me is the beautiful moments. But that's what life means to me. What does life mean to you? So I thought I might just let that sink in for a bit. Don't worry, the podcast is still working. <laughs> but now with that really deep and home-hitting line, as I'd like to say, I'd now like to conclude and summarize everything that we've spoken about today and begin to conclude the podcast episode. But we started off the podcast speaking about the pursuit of happiness, and that is a completely pointless pursuit. It is never-ending. It's not even a pursuit. It's happiness with you the whole time. You've just got to realize it. 
I'll say the quote again, but I'm not going to bore you with that. But happiness is with you right now. Give up on the idea that it is somewhere else because it is right here with you. We also spoke about quick highs, chasing these quick external validations that are just not sustainable. We spoke about the nine to five and the rat race and this void that they create while you're continuously chasing these quick highs and these pursuits of happiness that are pointless and never ending. We spoke about life and living and really living and what life means to you. And then we spoke about how life is much simpler than you think. Life is just being alive, being conscious, being aware of what's going on, and breathing and listening to the sounds and your visual field and your sensations in your body. That's life. It's just very simple and we have overcomplicated it. But with that, I'd like to round off today's episode and thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. I really enjoyed it. I wasn't going to actually make it this make it this evening because I was feeling quite tired but I did it and I'm so glad that I did and I really hope it made you feel better today and you hope you got some cool insights and if you enjoyed this episode please rate so accordingly on your respective platforms it really means a lot to me and helps me out and if you enjoyed this episode one thing you can do for me is tell your family tonight at dinner or tell your friends at lunch um, tell them what you enjoyed and if you had any new insights and if you had some new insights what were they um, talk about them and if you want to you can send me a dm on any one of my handles and, and let me know what you found out let me know what your insights were i'd love to hear them i think it'd be amazing but with that i'd like to wish you a fantastic day morning evening weekend week ahead whatever you're about to do i wish it brings you so much joy and happiness and until next week sunday much love <laughs>